listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Duckett, site expert at Space City Scoop, also pod host uh, of Launchpad Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at A underscore Duckett. And I'm your second host, Taylor Pate. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor L. Pate. And be sure, be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. So, Taylor, on this particular episode, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, the Rockets, you know, there's been reports of players they might be pursuing. Uh, we've also got reports of a um, sudden injury to John Wall, which we'll dive into as well. Christian Wood's still not back. And also some of the positives, or I guess some of the players that we've seen of late that have played well. But we'll start with the news of the day, it seems. Uh, reports came out that the Rockets have their sights set on uh, acquiring Aaron Gordon um, via whatever pieces they would get back in the Oladipo trade. They'd be able to send ship them to Orlando because they would absolutely not want or need uh, or have a reason to get Oladipo themselves. Um, so I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, the Rockets possibly bringing in Aaron Gordon and how he could be a fit or not? Um, I think this is a really back and forth subject for me. Um, prior to kind of digging into uh, Aaron Gordon's stats, um, I felt like he would be a net positive regardless. Um, and, and I think that he's a really dynamic guy. He's athletic. He's a guy that you can, um, kind of, you know, depend on to, to make plays, to, uh, to finish plays, um, stuff like that. Uh, the, the problem that I see, um, is that he's kind of averaging, um, career lows in, uh, a lot of categories. Um, particularly, uh, his scoring has been pretty, pretty terrible this year. Um, now that being said, uh, he's 25, which lines up with Christian Woods, uh, age and Jay Sean Tate's age. Um, so then you, you kind of have a core front court going forward. Um, I don't know. This is, this is a really, really tough situation for me. Uh, I, I can't, I can't quite come to grips with how I feel about it. How about yourself? Uh, yeah. So my, my initial thoughts, I'm not really that excited or that big on Gordon. Um, so part of, part of reason is because of some of the stuff you laid out. I mean, this is his third consecutive season where he's progressing scoring wise down to 13.6 points uh, on an Orlando team where, I mean, yeah, you know, Vucevic is obviously all-star, but you would like to think that he would be able to score a little bit more. Um, his efficiency isn't really all that great either. Uh, I don't believe he's ever been in the 60% range. Yeah, he's, he's, he's never even been in a 55% range in true shooting. Uh, right now is at 52.6. Three-point shot has gotten a little bit better this season. He's uh, 36.5%, almost 37, which is which will be a career high for him. But to me, that's really kind of more of an outlier. I mean, in five of the seven years he's played, he's at 30, 33.6% or worse um, career 32% shooter for long range. I mean, the upside's definitely there. As you mentioned, 25 years old, 
He's in his uh, seventh year, looks like. So, yeah, I mean, he's still so young. And when you have, obviously, Christian Wood, same age, Jayshon Tate, believes also same age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so 25 years old, you know, that absolutely fits within the team's window. Uh, one of the best things for him, at least of late, is that he's he can play a pretty good point forward role. He's averaged roughly four assists each of the last three seasons, which could provide value to Rockets team that I think needs more ball handlers and definitely needs more uh, facilitators. So he definitely has some ability there. Contract situation to me is what's most exciting about him. Um, because he's at 18.1 million this season, 16.4 million next year, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Rockets would have his bird rights if they needed to go over to cap to pay him. They could. And the only reason why they would make a move to bring him in is if they planned on or didn't have any concerns or doubts about being able to ink him to a long-term deal. I mean, hell, who knows? He he could possibly even get uh an extension with the trade. You know, who who knows what what happens with that but but yeah i mean in general i'm not really as excited about him i I think that he's your he's in a in situation that's best for him i think if he's your third or fourth best offensive scoring threat uh on a rockets team let's just say next season because this year is kind of already down the the uh, um (laughs) down the drain um if you figure that you still have a fully healthy wall who had a career high this season 21 points uh you would have a fully healthy wood uh, KPJ, I'd say. Um, Gordon could be your fourth best scoring option, which would be a good situation for him. So, I mean, I could see the upside, the value um, that acquiring him. I, I could definitely see why the Rockets would love him. I mean, and I didn't mention the athleticism, which you did, but I mean, a guy can jump out of the gym. So I I could understand and see the upside there, especially if you're thinking long term. But um, I'm not exactly as excited on him as many others are are on Rockets Twitter. So I'll I'll tell you what what does excite me is the idea of um, Aaron Gordon kind of as an ancillary playmaker where uh, he's, you know, cutting to the basket and he can make, you know, that smart pass kind of like we see, um, you know, Jay Sean Tate do uh, currently. And, and cause right now uh, Aaron Gordon is in the 69th percentile for spot up uh, uh, scoring. He's in the 62nd for handoff and he's in the 62nd as well for, for cuts. Um, now in last season, he was in the 92nd percentile off of cuts. So he's a guy that can, you know, absolutely get to the basket without having the ball. And he's shown this season that he can, he can really, you know, make that right pass. And that's kind of something that the Rockets have missed all the way going back to Clint Capella. Um, you know, Clint would catch the ball off of that, that short roll. And a lot of times he got lost, you know, he, he, he couldn't hit that corner. Uh, three-point shooter um, you know we saw we saw Jay Sean Tate kind of uh, remedy that and he's he's been quite the passer out of that short role um, but but that would be a welcome addition to Steven Silas's offense yeah no I definitely agree with that no, another thing that it would be exciting kind of what you've mentioned um, him being able to to have offense created for him um, facilitated for him KPJ um, John Wall. I mean, this season, I think he's shooting 46.7% on catching three, uh, sorry, catch and shoot threes. So, 
there definitely could be value there as him, you know, in an off ball uh, capacity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that absolutely makes sense. Uh, one of the questions that I have for you is, does it I mean, if you if you make a trade for Gordon, does that hinder your ability to tank um, this season, which we probably agree on should be the goal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick note on the tanking prior to this uh, losing streak, I was against it. <laughs> now that this has happened, let's let's do it. Let's just tank all the yeah. way. Um, that being said, I think that, um, I think Aaron Gordon coming to this team does make the team better, but they've been pretty creative with the way that they're tanking right now. Yeah. And they're, they're making it organic and you can, you can kind of do what they're doing with Oladipo. And I think actually he's doing this in Orlando as well. Um, you know, resting on back-to-backs and stuff like that, just find ways to not have him in the lineup. You know, you, they're, they're rotating eight players as it is anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, so. That that certainly makes sense. That, that that seems that seems plausible. The Rockets have found ways, as we've mentioned, to you know all of a sudden you find out injury reports so and so is not playing tonight or not playing tomorrow. And you're like, when did he even get hurt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so so yeah, that absolutely is something that they would be able to do. I do think that if you're getting rid of Oladipo um, and bringing in Gordon, obviously your team is getting better. Uh, it would be really nice if the Rockets could simply make a trade for Gordon at the end of this season, but. Um, but there's so many different teams that are interested in him. We, I've even read that Dallas Mavericks are interested, which they are, seem to always, you know, kind of put their name out there with players, um, some of the top players on the market at least. So for that reason, you can't wait until after the season to get him if you really want him, which, as we heard the Rockets do. You'd have to go in now uh, to make this move happen. So I do have a little bit of a concern that, you know, that that acquiring him at this time of the year does hurt your chances. But at the same token, you're seven games back at the 10th seed, which is the bottom seed to even get in the play-in tournament. Uh, and that number is going to continue to, <laughs> to grow as the streak expands. Uh, so maybe the logic is regardless, you know, we're, we're going to be one of the worst teams. Uh, and also knowing that they absolutely can control uh, how they play, um, when they play, um, who else they sit um, things of that nature. And when we're getting to even the next segment, you know, if John Wall's out, even if you do have Gordon and you don't have, you know, uh, one of the guys like Wall who's played well this season, maybe it might not matter anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think overall he's a net positive and, and honestly, this season is, is already, already down the drain. Um, so, so, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to, to a guy that you plan on paying if you're trading for him. It doesn't yeah. hurt to to give yourself a little insurance that he's not going to get hurt again. Yeah, for sure. So uh, so it sounds like both of us are at least understanding of the move, maybe not as excited as some of the, the our Rockets faithful, our Rockets brethren on Rockets Twitter. Um, but at least kind of understand why they would, what they would be thinking as far as, you know, why they would be going all in or why they want him as bad as they reportedly do. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see the vision. It's uh, it doesn't excite me, but it is a move that I think does make the team better. Well, yeah. And and especially in in the long, long run next season, especially. So, Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to do it for our first uh, segment. In the next segment, we'll get into some of the other uh, news rockets news from the day that was maybe just as blindsiding, if not more. So stay tuned.
Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. And continuing on here at the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review. Uh, Leave us some stars. Uh, on this next segment, we will kind of be discussing um, some slightly surprising news about John Wall. Um, some reports today that John Wall is going to have a knee scope done at some point during the season. Um, we're going to kind of get into the other injuries and and how they're affecting the team. But first, I want to kind of talk about uh, the worrisome news that John Wall could, could potentially miss more time this season. Um, what are you thinking about that, Anthony? Uh, well, when I first, well, I guess this all stemmed from that he had a knee contusion in practice last week, um, which may cause him to miss the Utah game Friday, I want to say. Um, what's weird is that they're saying he's expected to return to play soon, but addressing his knee down the road is expected. Uh, I don't really know why would he return to play if he's got a bum knee. This team's not playing for anything, as we discussed already. I don't really get why would he return to the court. I would much rather him just – I mean, they're saying he's going to get a knee scope at some point this season. I think it makes more sense just to get the surgery sooner than later. As do, opposed you think, to, do you think that they're posturing? Do you think that uh, he's going to – you think he's going to miss – you think he's going to not come back and, and they're posturing by saying that he's going to come back? Uh, yeah, I guess it's a possibility. Uh, I guess my question is what would they benefit from doing that though? Well, it, it, it keeps the, the guys of the organic tank going. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like, I feel like they don't want to look like they're trying to lose and they're making that really apparent. And this is a, a really easy way to say, Hey, here's a guy averaging, you know, 21 and, and, and whatever. And yeah, 21 and six. And, and, um, Unfortunately, he's just, man, this, this thing happened in practice and, ah, darn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's the case, I would actually love that because I'm all about the tank, baby. I'm all about the tank. Um, especially with the season already halfway over. I mean, they're 11 and 26 right now. I mean, so yeah, that makes sense. If they feel like, you know, it would make more sense to, to have him out I honestly don't really think that even if he plays, it's not – I mean, it hasn't prevented them from losing, what, 16 straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, posturing, that, that that seems logical. That makes sense. But, I mean, even with them on the floor, I don't really think it would have made a difference. But, but it did seem surprising when the news first broke last week that he was all of a sudden a late scratch from a practice injury that happened the night before the game. And then – the report today, it, it, it was so weird because the report today, I mean, it seemed like, yeah, oh, yeah, at some point he'll have some, you know, knee surgery, some cleanup, scope at some point, but down the road, almost like it was not that big of a deal. Like if he's got a knee injury, that's absolutely a big deal uh, because the goal is definitely to get, you, you guys are thinking about next season, right? Um, as we already discussed, this season is over pretty much for the Rockets. So if there is any kind of knee injury, that's significant enough for him to get a scope or need a scope. I think that's better to get that done sooner versus all oh, at some point we'll get him. He'll get the surgery. Like, no, nah, just get it done now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I think, you know, John Wall's a competitor. 
Um, he wants to be out there playing and he's shown that when he's out there, he's, he's being aggressive and he's, uh, putting the team on his back a lot of times, you know, and for, for all his hard work, they're still losing. Um, but, but that's really not, not a fault of his. Yeah. Um, with that being said, yeah, if, if they're thinking about next season, it doesn't make sense to me to delay a surgery. Um, because I feel like, you know, you want as much time to recover from an injury as you possibly can get. Um, and when your team is already kind of, um, in a position to lose games, it it doesn't make sense career-wise for John wall to play through it. Uh, it doesn't make sense timeline and, and salary wise for the rockets to let him play through it or make him play through it. Um, so it is a little strange to me. Uh, but I do think that, that, you know, maybe they're pumping the brakes on things and saying, well, okay, you know, we're, we're holding them out and, and maybe this will be one of those things that, that pops up and says, okay, we're going to go ahead and have this done. Um, could it also be a way, I guess, another theory, could it also be a way to let the rest of the league know we're not interested in trading him? That is, yeah, that's actually a really good point because there have been rumors um, that a couple of teams are interested in, in John wall, Miami being one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of difficulty um, trying to yeah. get off of a forty one million dollar contract. Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like they they like Wall as a you know maybe not a cornerstone piece but a transitional piece. Um, yeah. And so maybe they they want him to you know finish out his contract and eventually be a big expiring forty one million dollar deal. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, uh, another, and not to shift gears too much, but still sticking with the injury theme, another player that's still out, Christian Wood, uh, there had been talks that initially that he was going to try to make the last game before the break, which would have been the game against Harden and the Nets. Uh, and even now we're, what, this is going to be the third game, tomorrow's game three from the break, and he's still out. Yeah, he's currently listed as doubtful, and uh, it was kind of expected – I think Steven Silas even said that he would be back game after next two games ago. Um, so that would have been, that would have put him back this upcoming game. Now he's being marked as doubtful. Um, there's some speculation from Twitter that, uh, that, that because it's a back-to-back, they, they want to um, limit his minutes and, and play him maybe on the backside of that rather than the front side or, or both. Um, some maybe that's the reason why they're getting really antsy to see this team play uh when you go from from winning you know a a ton of games every year and uh, making the western conference finals and making the playoffs you know you want to see exciting basketball and i feel like rockets fans are getting um myself included uh, a little a little impatient um with with the way that things are going it seems like they can never get the full team on the on the court um, or even a glimpse of the full team and have their future talent on display. Yeah, I mean, that that's certainly something that has become, you know, again, for Rockets fans, we have been spoiled over really the really the last, pretty much the, the, the bulk of the last decade, we could say. Uh, we've been spoiled. Team has won 50 games. I mean, with Harden, almost as a lock, it felt like, especially the last few years, to win 50 games, uh, top four seed in the West, um, to now what we're seeing, which is, I mean, second to worst in the West. I think Minnesota will have that that 
claim that title for a long time <laughs> of being the worst in the West, which is where they are right now. But um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely have gotten spoiled. So I can understand uh, the impatience. But again, you know, you got to start. With, I think we got have to start thinking about next season. The Rockets absolutely have to start thinking about next season. And you do not want Christian Wood, if there's any kind of setback or any kind of delay or any further risk, I mean, that, that ankle was a re-aggravation. I know I've, I've been seeing him wearing the high top, which I'm very excited to see him in the high top shoes. That needed to happen a long time ago. Um, but if having him come back sooner is going to put him at a heightened risk, I just say, if need be, just let him rest. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable this season um, yeah. as, as fans, you know, watching games and and understanding that the goal here is not necessarily to win. Um, it's it's just a big culture shift, right? And and I don't think that this – like Rockets fans listening to this right now don't think that this is going to continue because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of talent on this team and, and this is a transitional phase for, yeah. for this team. Um, you know, there's, there's a very bright future ahead. Um, especially, you know, if we keep seeing what we're seeing from Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin, uh, Jay Sean Tate, like there's, there's a lot to be excited about for sure. This, this part's going to suck. Yeah. Now, and, and speaking of that, you know, one thing that I have thought about of late is how this, uh, this losing streak and how, you know, this season has affected, uh, Coach Steven Silas, what are your thoughts on on, on that? I got to say, man, I feel really bad for Steven Silas. Yeah. Um, so you want to give a guy a hug, man. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, it's starting to show. Um, the, the frustration seems to build in him a little bit quicker. Uh, defeated, like, you know, again, here we are, down 10, down 15, down 20. Um, and in the Boston case, down 30. Um, and, and I think he understands he's, he's a smart enough guy to know that this isn't his fault. You know, oh, he's, yeah. not, he's not to blame for, for the Rockets' shortcomings right now. Yeah. They are just, they, I mean, they don't have the same starting lineup from game to game. They don't have the same bench players from game to game. Every game there's a new injury. I mean, it's it's just really apparent, unfortunately, that it's starting to uh, to kind of wear on him a little bit. Yeah, and that's certainly understandable. I mean, he he, he took this job thinking that he was going to have uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook at the time, um, and then and then you know you fast forward, you know, not even two months when after the season started and they're both gone, you know. Um, I mean, even in his interview, I remember how excited he was about, like, you know, James Harden makes my job easier. Russell Westbrook goes, y'all are so dynamic with the ball in their hands. My job is to figure out how to create, you know, the best situation for them. Uh, and then they're both gone. So, I mean, th this is definitely a obviously a rebuilding year, whether or not the Rockets intended for it to be or whether they want to admit it or not. This is a rebuilding year. But as you said, it, I, I think it will be a short-lived transition uh, once you have a fully healthy team moving forward next season, if you can, if you can get your top four pick, uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Um, and if you add a, a piece like a maybe like we mentioned Aaron Gordon or whoever else, they might have their sights set on at the deadline. I mean, this is definitely going to be a short-lived 
transition year, but it does suck nonetheless. I mean, they lost by almost 50 points to Memphis. That's That sucks. Yeah, and, and there's going to be – whenever you're playing eight guys on any given night, one of which joined the team on a 10-day contract, you are, you are going to experience some really low lows. Um, and, and we've seen that. Like, you know, Rocket Girl on Twitter has, you know, this, this series of tweets, down 20 drink, and it's <laughs> nearly every game. It's almost every single game that they get down by 20. And, and when you're only playing eight guys, you know, their shooting has been terrible and that's understandable because you have these guys playing tons of minutes who either just came up from the G league or are playing in like their fifth NBA game ever. Yeah. It's just like, you're going to see some ugly stuff. And I think, like I said, Steven Silas is smart enough to understand that he knows that. Um, And and this isn't, this isn't going to last that long. This is not a, you know, four or five year rebuild. Um, they've got Christian Wood. He is the the cornerstone of the franchise right now. Um, and they're looking to build on that immediately because he's only on a, a three year deal and yeah. you can't you can't afford to waste any more time of that. Yeah, no doubt about that. You definitely can't waste uh, much more time of that. You've only got two years left of him after this season. You had him at a pretty uh, team friendly number. Um, but moving forward, I mean, he's, I mean, if you're going to be able to keep him beyond what, what, what would that be? 2023, mm-hmm. um, uh, 2022, I think, right. 2023, uh, one of the two, if you're going to be able to keep him beyond, you know, when his contract's up, uh, it's the it price tag probably goes up because based on what he's seen, what, we, what we've seen from him this season, we have to assume that, you know, most of the time year two is going to be better than your first season. Uh, in a new team, new environment, new setting, right? New group, um, especially all of the, you know, roster uh, adjustments that have been made, uh, transitions um, that have been in and out, right? So you have to know that you're going to probably have to pay him more whenever that time does come. Um, so because you have him at the number you have him at now, you do, you definitely have to maximize um, that time. But, but, um, on the last, on our last segment, we'll discuss. There has been a positive, though, of it, of the Rockets' um, rebuilding transition stage. Uh, we've seen some bright spots. We'll definitely dive into that uh, in our, our next segment. Stay tuned. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And continuing on here at the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, please do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. On the final segment, uh, we're going to discuss um, how some of the Rockets' uh, state of affairs, um, if there was a positive, what that could be, um, and some of the bright spots that we've seen of late. So I guess we'll start right there. Uh, the Rockets we, we, the Rockets had a lot of hype about Kevin Porter Jr. making his debut, especially after he touched the G League. Uh, his first game with the team was against Utah, on Friday night, which is absolutely a great game, uh, especially the Rockets having had the fight against the top seed in the West. Um, I guess, what were your thoughts on how they played in that game and how some of the young guns performed? 
You know, they, so obviously there's a ton of hype about Kevin Porter Jr. coming in for good reason. Um, I was kind of scared that we might be putting a little too much on his shoulders or expecting too much. Everybody's calling him baby Harden. And, and that's, that's a, that's, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, but the dude came out and he just looked electric. I mean, he showed exactly what we expected him to show. Um, he's, he's been, uh, absolutely phenomenal passing the ball. Um, I think, I, I don't remember who the, the assist was to, but, um, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, drives down the left side of the lane, gets his defender up in the air. Um, like does this like, like crazy acrobatic move to hit a no look pass to a cut somebody cutting for a dunk. Uh, just like the guy looks like he is already incredibly comfortable in the playmaker role. Um, you know, this is, this is kind of new for him, I guess. Um, you know, after being with Cleveland and being more of a scoring guard and, um, kind of the same, same transition that, that James Harden make or Harden, Harden made, um, the guy looks just insanely comfortable, um, for being 20 years old. He, he's, he's done nothing but impress so far. Yeah, for sure. I just realized I need to backtrack. His first game was actually against Sacramento. Uh, second game was against Utah. First game he had 13 and 10 double double uh, against Sacramento. Uh, his but first yeah. start was was against the Jazz. That's right. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. He the expectations and the pressure that we put on him, not even really intentionally. I just think that Rockets fans need a reason to be excited and. Um, you know, there are some Rockets fans, but most of the Rockets, actually all Rockets fans are probably still kind of, uh, I mean, it sucks seeing Harden, you know, one of your best players in your franchise history saying, you know, this team's not good enough, get me out of here. Um, so I think that's why we were so ready to anoint KPJ as the next Harden. Uh, granted, there are some similarities, right? I think that was his comparison coming out of college. Uh, lefty was a step back. You know, there, there, there are some comparisons, um, obviously, but yeah, I mean, he, the one area that he has struggled in is from for three point range, right? I think he's four of 21. Yeah. He's shooting 19% right now. Yeah. From three. And, and that's not really a concern to me. Although, although that's horrid, that doesn't really worry me or frighten me too much. I mean, I'm not really worried about his ability to shoot long range. I mean, he, he, he shot fairly well last season, I think 35%, roughly 34 and a half. Yeah, and he was thirty-two percent in the G League from uh, on eight attempts. So I mean, yeah, that's same here. That's, I think that's just a function of hey, this is his third game up after transitioning from the G League to here, and and he's taken on a new role. And also, there's only eight people playing. So yeah, <laughs> and to me, that's what one of the positives of the fact that you know we're so wounded and limited because I mean you allow KPJ to, to get some burn it he's new to the, the point guard position although we can't necessarily tell because he's played so well in that role but you know it makes sense for him to get some some valuable uh, reps minutes time in game situations um, while running that position at the point because it is still all new to him um, what I like is that he's he's aggressive uh, I mean, in that, in that Utah game, he had 25 shot attempts, you know, um, nine three-point attempts, even though, he, I mean, he went one for nine. But I like the fact that he had the confidence to, to keep taking those, you know, 
two for seven on Sunday against Boston. But again, I like the fact that he's willing to keep taking those. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think this is kind of the season to do that, right? Like yeah. if you're if you're going to transition a guy to a new position and have him, you know, also try and up his scoring and 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 get to that point where he can take 20 to 22, 23 shots a game. This is exactly when you should be doing that. Um, you know, this is a lost season and, and there's absolutely no reason that Steven Silas should not be experimenting in every way that he can to try and find the most successful way to tool this lineup together. Yeah, I know. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, now another player who has also uh, shined, especially of late, in the second half of the season is uh, K.J. Martin um, or K.J. Martin Jr. What are your thoughts on kind of what we've seen from him? Man, I have been just incredibly impressed with K.J. Martin. Um, That guy, he is – so so we were talking earlier about Aaron Gordon's athleticism. Um, K.J. Martin is on a whole nother level and and like – maybe that has something to do with Aaron, Aaron Gordon's injuries and all that kind of stuff, but maybe we'll see KJ Martin in the dunk contest one day. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> um, but right now, like per 36, uh, KJ Martin is averaging 16, nine and two blocks. Um, Insane. That's, that's really good for a guy his age um, who hasn't even been playing basketball that long. Um, you know, at least not, not competitively. Um He's shooting 33% from three, which is a lot better than um, than a lot of us probably expected. That was kind of the the one uh, hitch to his game was the fact that he he couldn't necessarily shoot. His form didn't look very good. Um, but so far, he's he's you know he's he's a little below average, but that's good for where he's at. Yeah, I mean. I feel like we didn't really know what to expect from, from Kenyon Martin Jr. He, he got drafted so late that, you know, oftentimes players who are late second round picks don't really get much playing time at all. Um, but because of the current state of the Rockets, um, he, he has been definitely getting some valuable minutes. I mean, his athleticism, we knew that he's had, he has freakish athleticism. But what I think is also exciting is that um, he when, when he's able to put that athleticism to use in, in the form of being a shot blocker, I mean, he had he has had some great blocks. He had one on Boban against Dallas, who's like seven three. Uh, he had a great one on uh, Rudy Gobert <laughs> um, against Utah. I mean, when he can put that athleticism uh, in terms of being, you know, a, a, a leaper and a rim protector, man, that's that's something else. Yeah, I think we've seen guys in the past, KJ McDaniels, another KJ, um, who who have that athleticism but don't necessarily know how to use it or can't put it all together. Um, and and so far, KJ Martin looks like a guy who um, who who knows how to use that athleticism, you know, to his advantage. Um, he he seems a lot more confident than I expected him to. Uh, he he seems like he he you know knows his spot on the floor. He's not scared to challenge guys. He wants to go in there and make a name for himself, um, you know, kind of like his dad did. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, what I mean, each of the last two games um, – or not each of the last two games, but 13-9 and nine against Sacramento, first game back, 15-10 and 10 against Utah, 21-4. and four. Uh, And I saw a stat that, that was mind-boggling to me. I read that 
he became the second youngest Rockets player in franchise history to drop 20 points in a game when he scored 21 versus Boston. I mean, that is crazy to even think about all the greats. Uh, players that the Rockets have had, I guess. I guess we haven't, we don't haven't had many that were twenty uh, or played here when they were at you know at twenty years old. But it's just still the fact that your second youngest player uh, in Rockets history to drop twenty points is crazy. That is pretty awesome. I think the the state of the Rockets is kind of uh, exciting. You know, you've got Christian Wood twenty five, Jay Sean Tate twenty five. Uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is 20 and KJ Martin is 20. And these guys are, you know, showing they can be legitimate NBA players. And that's not something that, you know, like there, there are plenty of teams who have gone through years of tanking that, that wind up drafting guys that aren't even NBA players, you know? So this is really a fortunate position for the Rockets to be in. Yeah. I mean, and he's shooting 38% from three uh, since the restart which is great, you know, um, because again, like you said, that's not something that we knew that he was going to be able to, to contribute. But again, that, that's all of why I say that, you know, this down season or back half of the season is good because it, it, it's gotten um, the opportunity for us to see uh, and, and for players like KPJ, uh, KJ Martin um, to prove what they can do. I mean, you mentioned it you know, before, um, Justin Patton is also, been been a, a pretty bright spot for the Rockets as well. Yeah, um, and and he's actually one of those guys that um, you know he was a first round pick, uh, lottery pick, and and he kind of got injured and it didn't pan out the way that he wanted things to. So he's got you know that first round type of talent, um, and and we're seeing a lot of that. You know he he might not be quite up to speed yet on, on defense. Um, he's, he kind of seems like he's, he lags behind maybe a step here or there. Um, but overall he kind of knows his position. He knows where to be. Um, and, and we've seen a lot over the last couple of games playing with Kevin Porter jr. That, um, there's a little bit of chemistry there between those two. You know, we've seen, um, that, that little kind of like 10 foot floater from Patton, um, you know, KPJ has assisted him on those shots several times over the last few games. And not only that, but um, Patton's really good at getting open on the three point, uh, three point line. He's, he's knocking some shots down. Yeah, he, he definitely has, um, has played with some great, great chemistry uh, with uh, Kevin Porter jr. Um, His per 36 numbers are pretty impressive. 10.7 points, uh, 7.2 rebounds, 2.4 blocks. Um, all in all, on the season for the Rockets, he's uh, posted averages of seven points a game, uh, roughly five rebounds a game, one point six blocks. Um, again, I, I don't, I, I don't expect that he will be with the team um, well, after this season is over. Um, but at least for himself, I think he's viewed this as he should, as like an open job interview to every team, uh, and a way to. Because he he's bounced around. I mean, he's been on four teams in four years, Minnesota, Philly, OKC, now Houston. He's bounced around. I think that what he's hoping for is to put on, you know, good enough tape, good enough resume um, that he, you know, maybe can land a maybe a one plus one deal uh, team option um, and maybe become this, this year's version of, I guess, a lesser degree of Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw it for years. I mean, James Harden got, you know, so many guys. 
paid in a league uh, talent like uh, Kevin Porter Jr., a guy who knows how to put people in the right position like John Wall. Um, th- there's there's definitely a lot of potential for Patton to um, kind of show the rest of the league that um, he is capable of that first round talent that he was you know drafted as. Um, and potentially set himself up for, you know, a nice backup career. Yeah, for sure. And and that that's what it's all about. That's why I say that this, again, I've said it three or four times, but that I think is a positive of the this state of affairs for the team is that, you know, young guys who wouldn't otherwise get an opportunity or who wouldn't otherwise get the amount of playing time um, that they've been getting or that they would get in this situation, um, you know, that that's a positive for the fans uh, because in the case of, as we mentioned, KJ Martin, Kevin Porter Jr., guys who have a future with the team, we can kind of get a chance to see what that looks like um, or how they would, how they can perform, you know, in, a, in an elevated role. And then also, you know, for, again, for young prospects who are seeking to find a, a maybe a, a permanent landing spot or maybe a, a, a long-term deal, um, like uh, Justin Patton, you know, again, this is the opportunity for him. Also, I, I, I do think it's good. Um, I think this has been some valuable experience for Silas. We mentioned that obviously it sucks and we can see that it's wearing on him. But um, I, I noticed that one of his quotes that he made during around the break, he was like, you know, it's my goal to go back home and focus on the tape and figure out why we're losing. What can we do differently? So, again, you know, um, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but I do think that um, this has be also become vital experience um, for Silas from a standpoint of being able to see what he has um, and being able to figure out, you know, uh, how to best use some of the some of the young guys. Yeah. And and, you know, I think um, something that that I've been trying to wrap my mind around is starting next season um let's just say hypothetically you've got uh, a healthy core of john wall christian wood jay sean tate um and and uh kevin porter jr what what should be the goal for the next season right i mean i guess some of this depends obviously on where the pick lands and and who they get in a in a return for victor oladipo but you've got those core guys and you know they're going to be here what what should we expect from this team starting you know as early as next season Uh, oh no that's an interesting question i think that the goal i could very well see that group becoming like last year's version of okc right a team that maybe didn't have well i won't say maybe because okc definitely didn't have any kind of hype going into the season but a team that you know i guess was kind of forgotten about wasn't really expected to do much make much noise uh, and almost stole of series. I mean, the Rockets barely pulled that out um, uh, in the first round. So in my opinion, the goal of that group, um, and it's it's kind of early to call, of course, because we don't know, as you mentioned, who we're going to have um, draft pick or you're going to make any trades or who we're going to sign. Um, but I think the goal should be to steal a series, um, to steal a first round series. And I, th- and I think that would be, a, a big success, honestly. Um, that's kind of how you set yourself up for attracting free agents. Somebody saying, Hey, I can be the guy that goes there and, and puts that, you know, that team over to the next level. Um, so I, I would absolutely call that a success, a success. And then you go into 
the final year of Christian Woods deal, he wants to, you know, get another big contract. And so he's going to ball out for that season. And um, then who knows, you know, that that's, that's the, the sky's the limit at that point. Yeah. I mean, and, and it would really be a win to have that kind of season just a year after losing the top three player in Harden. I mean, the reality is when, you know, in this league, especially late, when a team loses a top three player, they usually are rebuilding for several years. You know, it's not like the next year they make the playoffs, right? They usually, it usually takes some time, um, a couple of years of tanking um, before they end up being back relevant again, or before they end up even showing like a semblance of what they were when they had that player. So to definitely, to be able to, to, to have that kind of a season, if that happens just one year after losing Harden would certainly be a win. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, hopefully the Rockets can get some of that uh, just traded our star player uh, from our team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they, they've done. So the NBA has looked out, as you mentioned, they've definitely looked out for teams that lost their big um, star player. I mean, New Orleans got, you know, they blessed them twice. Uh, (laughs) Once they, you know, moved Chris Paul, they, obviously got AD and then move AD and they got Zion. I mean, I mean, can we just at least get them to look out for us just once? Is that too much to ask for just once? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Rockets fans, you know, everybody's, everybody's, you know, really excited about uh, Cade Cunningham. And um, I think, I think, you know, anything in the top four, being yeah. able to keep the pick period would be a win. I'll, oh, yeah. I'm just putting that out there, Adam Silver. If you're listening, <laughs> anything in the top four is a win for us. Please, Adam, please bless us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, it's been a pleasure. I've definitely enjoyed uh, talking with you, Taylor. Um, but if our listeners haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and uh, be sure to follow us at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, all kinds of original Houston sports content you're not going to find anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.